0: such a privilege to be here, and um, I know that you've been receiving incredible preaching. I know because Gabe tells me on Mondays, um, he, he fills me in. I say, how good were you? Very good. Very, very good. So your preacher doesn't lack confidence, um, which is a good thing, um, but it's such a privilege. And we are, we've been going through, how good has the book of Ruth been? Who, who has been overwhelmed? Like, you start out, Ruth, a oh, nice story. But actually, as we've got into it, you realize how much of Jesus. There, you know the name Jesus isn't mentioned once. Read the book. You won't find the name Jesus. And yet Jesus is everywhere. He's in every line. He's in every story. He's in every characteristic. He's in every action. He is there. And that's why I love us digging into books and finding and mining out Jesus. And the goodness of God. And I don't know why you're at church tonight. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you got dragged here by your son. I don't know. You've landed from Durban just perhaps. And you're visiting. And you just got brought to church. I don't know why you're here tonight. But I know Jesus is here. And I know he wants to encounter you. And I want to pray that the word of God that we've been preaching would drop from here in our heads to our hearts. I want to tell you the word word does amazing things. And teaches us. And, And the Bible as principles is incredible principles. But unless the Bible drops from our head into our heart. Nothing changes, not real things, things that matter, things that count. And I pray that the gospel will drop into our hearts tonight. A couple of weeks ago, I met with a person and they just said to me, hey, it just seems like you preach the gospel every time you preach. I'm like, thank you. He said, I wasn't really complimenting you. I said, I don't really care. I'm telling you, we all need the gospel every day, every moment. And I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. So if you don't like it, this might not be the place for you. Because the gospel is the source of life. The gospel keeps bringing me back to Jesus. When I preach a book of Ruth, I don't want to know about a guy named Boaz. I don't care about Boaz. I want to know Jesus. He's everything. And... Um, such a privilege we we jumping into the end of the story and we're getting there and Gabe introduced you last week to this kinsman redeemer kinsman redeemer this individual who is a male family relative has the privilege and the responsibility to jump in when things get tough for other family members you've heard about it it's the redeemer but it's a family member who's to step up when things get tough and and what their family and their people and in those days if you got in debt you didn't just lose your land you went into slavery That's what we forget about the times. And when the Bible says we set people from slavery, see, not many of us have heard the chains falling off a slave's body. But in the spiritual, it happens all the time. And actually, there's something about knowing. I love the fact that in this place, and, and, and our history of our nation is broken at so many levels. But in this place, it was the first place that slaves were liberated to worship and participate freely in the economy and the life of a local church. And I'm saying, Thank you, God, do it again. Because I'm telling you, slaves are entering our churches every week. They're entering our homes, our marketplaces every week. Slaves to brokenness, slaves to addiction, slaves to sin, slaves to the past, slaves to the words that have been spoken. Slaves. Redemption is a biblical truth speaking of slavery to freedom. And we're stuck in this impossible situation where we get born into sin. It's what the Bible says. I don't necessarily like it. I didn't feel sinful as a two-day-old baby. I didn't look at my kids going, hey, they're sinful. But I'm telling you, I didn't have to teach them a whole bunch of stuff that they did. They got birthed with this unfortunate disposition, but Jesus said, I have come to pay the price I've come to make a way, to redeem, to make a way that was impossible, I came. And so we speak about Jesus and this kinsman redeemer, there are two kinsman redeemers named in this book. The first one I call this because he didn't get a name. So I call him no-name Bobby. It's just a name I came up for him reading the Bible. I felt like, the, no, if your name's Bobby, nothing, oh, we like Bobbies in this church, but, but this one we're going with no-name Bobby. Is that all right? Okay, everyone Okay. No one leaving? Okay, there's no bobbies in the house tonight. And and this guy is the first in line to redeem. There's a pecking order, and he's first in line. Then the next in line, his name is Boaz. He's the guy. He has prepared his story, his heart, his life to be a redeemer. And this is how the story goes. The end of Ruth chapter 3, verse 18. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. This is the instruction of the mother-in-law. Always listen to your mother. in law For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gates and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of all these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do so except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself, I cannot do it. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. I wanna pray for us tonight. I pray spirit of God. As I know you are here, I pray, speak to every heart. I pray, let the words of Bibles and and the words of this book of Ruth jump into hearts and jump into lives and jump into thinking. And shout your words, your truth, your life into every heart at this time. Amen. There's a cardinal rule in team sport. Cardinal rule especially sports like rugby and, and cricket. I can't speak much for ballet and other sports. I'm not going to go there. Is that all right? You'll have to ask Gabe. But um, um, just he's not here. I'm allowed to give him a heart. It's okay. Stay calm. We all love your pastor. It's fine. And um, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm talking. And, um, <laughs> that's my wife, Candice. Um, <laughs> but, but there's a cardinal rule, and it's this. That when the ball goes in the air, someone who should claim it, generally the guy running in they claim it. And there's things you don't say, like, you've got it. I'm thinking about getting it. I'm working out the terms. I'm doing the balance sheets. Ah, no, you just call to shout one thing, mine. And once you've got that, everyone backs off. It's like a rule, you know. But the situation plays out in Ruth, where Ruth is the ball. Work with me here. This is not a bad analogy. It comes together, I promise you. But Ruth is the ball, and the ball goes up in the air, and somebody's got to claim it. Somebody's got to stand under the weight of catching this thing. And it's like winter in Cape Town. The wind is blowing. The field's wet. The coach is shouting, get it, get it. The enemy's shouting, drop it, drop it. Your mates are shouting, aye, ball. And, 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 and some guy named, no name Bobby, stands up and says, mine. Because when it first goes up, he thinks, land, land, I'm getting land, land. And then Boaz is to his side, says, yeah, you get the land. You also get Ruth. And he thinks, my wife's not going to like that. I get another mother-in-law. I've got a mother mouth to feed, and maybe she wants babies. I'm out. And he does the classic thing you should never do. He goes, not mine, yours. I mean, Ruth, somebody's got to catch it. But Boaz was prepared. Boaz was ready. He'd prepared his heart long time before. He's prepared his head for this moment. He'd prepared everything in his life to be under that ball and to catch Ruth. He didn't care about the land. He didn't care about what everyone else thought. He didn't care about the thousands of voices shouting. He just knew who his God was, a redeemer. And he knew in that moment he was called to redeem this lady. And he shouted, mine. He shouted mine over her past brokenness, a Moabite nation, a nation birthed out of incest and sexual depravity, a nation that was an enemy to his nation. He shouted, mine, over the stories that would have been spoken and she was a widow, someone who needed, someone who didn't have resources. She didn't have ability. She had no status or standing in that land at all. He shouted, mine. He knew what he was taking on. He shouted, mine, to her past, Wherever, whatever she had done. He also shouted, mine, to her present. With no hope and no home and no hero in her story. She was looking to be loved. She was looking to be redeemed. He shouted, mine. He also shouted, mine, over her future. Where she would go, what she would see, the child she would have, the land she would own. He shouted, mine. My preach tonight is simple. It's called, Mine. Because I want to tell you Jesus is shouting over you. And I want you to see it through the life and the story of this man, Boaz. He's just a picture. He's a, he, he's a thousand times smaller and a thousand times less good than our God. But he's just a picture so we can see the goodness of God. Close your eyes for a second if it's all right. I want to, I want to say a quote to you. I want to quote this quote that was going to come much later. But it's a quote from a man named Abraham Caper. And I discovered it years ago when doing a sexuality series. And I said it over and over and over and over again. And I want to say it to you now at the start. I want to say it to you at the end because I believe it reveals Jesus. There is not a square inch of all human existence over which Christ, the ruler of all, beyond all, above it all, does not shout, mine. And if you leave tonight with one thought, one thing echoing in your mind as you go to sleep tonight, forget the bottom line of tomorrow, forget the dreams and the plans you put in place, just know the God of heaven shouts mine over every square inch of your story, past, present, and future. I want to speak to us. I want to give us a few points of the making of a Redeemer. Because, because as I am Ruth in this story, I don't know who you think you are, but I'm Ruth. I was a foreigner to the promises. I'm only brought in by Jesus. Ruth was brought in by Boaz, and yes, I've got to know that to receive the grace. But as I receive the grace, then I have the privilege and the responsibility of becoming like Jesus, becoming like Boaz. We sing these songs at church all the time. Big words like, what's that song? I ought to be like you, to give all I have just to know you. It's a big (laughs) word. All. Simple word, but a pretty big word. So the first thing about a redeemer is they have their eyes open. Redemption starts with eyes. Says this in chapter one, Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? Chapter two, who does that woman, young woman belong to? He saw her. He saw her. You want to become like Jesus. You've got to start seeing people. It's easy to see the fields if they're fruitful, if they're not. But do you see people? People, their stories their past, their present, their future. Do you see them? Boaz chooses in the midst of a busy world and a world where he is the Makulu boss, he's the main man, he's there, he chooses to see the foreigner first day in the field with no status or standing, just looking to glean something from the field. Redemption starts with seeing. When last did you see your spouse? When last did you see the person who sits across from you at work or the person who sits on the bus with you or your family? Or your children. Just the makings of a redeemer. Secondly, to see is one thing, but then what we see drops into our heart, and our heart response is important. His heart response was generosity. She re- testifies to him, as she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves, and do not reprimand her. Even pull out some of the stalks for her from the bundles, and leave them for her to pick up, and do not rebuke her. He says, guys... Take the best out of the bundles, you go and leave them. That was unheard of. That would not have been the norm. The norm would have been that the, the, the dumpster divers of the day, you know those people who come to your street when the bins are out that day and the neighbors all get angry and the street captains start saying, make sure you take your bins back in. Now those are people we call to see. Ruth was that in her time. That's who a book in the Bible is written about. That's who's in the genealogy of Jesus. That's who Ruth is, and Boaz saw her, but he responded with generosity, and he modeled that generosity to his people. He said, take the good stuff out and leave it for them. Don't just let them take what's left behind. Give them the good stuff. You wanna become a redeemer, someone who's like Jesus to a world that's looking for him, a sign and a wonder? Well, discover generosity, even when it doesn't make sense. Secondly, a heart of kindness, and this is the testimony of Ruth. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. A little later, she says, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. This guy's so kind, he's even showing kindness to the dead, to Elimelech and to Kilion and Malon. He's pouring his kindness over them, and he's pouring his kindness over Naomi, and he pours his kindness to Ruth. She says, it's one thing having eyes to see, it's another thing being generous A lot of generous philanthropists in our world, but not a lot of kind people. read a business article that said the greatest missing elements in senior corporate leadership today is kindness. It's the one thing that takes the people of that corporation from workers to humans who just happen to work. It's the one thing. If you're a boss or a leader or a family leader, understand kindness humanizes people because it humanizes us. It's important. The, this Redeemer, he covers, and, and you know that moment Gabe preaches so well. He, she sidles up to his bed and he says, Who are you? He asked. He said, I am your servant Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a garment, guardian Redeemer of your family. And she says, Hey, I, I know you're the guardian Redeemer. I'm going to sidle up to bed. And she, she risked everything. She could have been abused, she could have been raped, she had no standing. She had no right being there. He could have done anything to her. He chose to cover her. But we live in a world that uncovers, exposes. We live in a world where false news travels six times faster than true news. And loves, loves, loves a good scandal. We have to be different. Also, this God in Redeemer, and I don't want to share all the scriptures, He takes action. Naomi knew he would, said in verse 18 of chapter 3, then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. But I love the way the Bible's so honest. Verse 1 of chapter 4, meanwhile, Boaz went up to the He didn't wait. He didn't wait for a sign from God. He wasn't waiting for three confirming words from passing prophets. He didn't wait for any of that. He knew who he was, and he knew what God had called him to. So meanwhile, he was on the move. You want to become a redeemer? Well, yes, you have to have eyes to see. You have the heart to be generous. You have to have a heart to be kind. But you also got to be on the move and be willing to act. So many people with great intentions. So many business plans drawn up by Christian businessmen to change the world and rectify injustice. I know because I was one of them <laughs> for a long time with ability and means to do it. And if 10% of those plans ever even got to phase one, it would be a miracle. Why? We've got to understand redeemers get stuff done. Meanwhile, Boaz. So all of those are the markings of a redeemer. But what about the price? And the price, well, the price was the cross. The impossible situation. And it says, Boaz had to, he bought from Naomi the property. He also acquired Ruth. He took them on. He paid a price. He knew that he was paying for her past, her present, her future. He knew that this wasn't a, I'm going to test it out and see. This is not a, I'm going to take it on probation and hand it back. There's no T's and C's allowed in this deal. Everyone is watching. And up stands, no name Bobby, he goes, mine! And then realizes, ah, not mine. What's the cost to take responsibility Maybe you heard about three weeks ago, we were in the news. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, don't worry. But absolute rubbish and politicking and false accusations. Because last year during a pandemic when people were hungry, we decided to step up and say, mine. And this church gave a whole lot of money. And people gave a whole lot of money to step up. And then there was a whole bunch of rubbish that happened in and around that. And to be honest, my first response of four minutes of moaning and groaning was, ah, I don't want to do that again. It's too costly. And one of the individuals that was part of the accusations with absolutely no base, I just said, Mother, do you realize I nearly burnt out last year? When you were at home watching series, I left my family at home and went to driving around Cape Town. And then, and, then, and then in the evenings, we were doing Lava 5. That season of my life was the most hectic season of my life. And now you're telling me with false accusations. And the enemy wants me to go, never again. You know what? The gospel response is, we'll do it again. We'll go bigger. We'll have more wisdom. And we'll feed more people. And we'll do more help. I'm telling you. Because Jesus is glorious. That wasn't in the notes. That was a freebie just for you. But what are the results of redemption? And, and this is where I love it. I don't know how you read the Bible. I read the Bible like, a, like this. I see the markings of redemption. I see the price. And then I see, it's just laid out for me. Read the Bible. I promise you, I used to go to church and think, these guys are so clever. Where do they get those points from? Now, Gabe gets very rhymey points in their alliteration. I realize they spent hours doing it. I play with my kids rather. But, I mean, that's fun. And, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Relax. But there are these results of redemption. The first one is restoring dignity and standing. Boaz gives her standing. And amidst all the elders and all the lionies of the city, he says, that woman, a Moabite, birthed out of incest in her story, who I am pulling into my story, she gets standing now. And they start shouting, may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel, may you have standing in Ephrath." however you say that, and be famous in Bethlehem. Everyone else is shouting, her name Ruth, 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 why? Because Boaz said, mine. And maybe you feel like you have zero standing or status. Maybe you think no one sees you. Throw yourself into the arms of the Redeemer and trust Him. That's all you can do. Or fight for likes on Facebook and Instagram. I'm being honest, fight for them you going to have to fight hard and you'll pay a price there too. Or trust him. You don't get a hybrid. It doesn't work. Secondly, the redeemed carry life. And it's beautiful. He says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. This is the PG-18 version. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. Who? The redeemed lady who had no standing... And she had no story and she had no family, gets loved by a redeemer named Boaz, and she gets life inside of her. She gives life to a son. Feel like you're lacking life. Throw yourself in the arms of the Redeemer and trust him. This is just the Bible. It's just Jesus. I love Jesus. I've seen him do this time and time and time again because he's faithful to it every time. Two more points. The community gets blessed. It says, then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. Oh, come on. The grumpy mother-in-law who didn't trust God. She gets the child in her arms. She came home. She says, call me Mara for I'm so bitter. Now she gets a grandchild in her arms. She's redeemed. She's pulled back. And even though she wasn't redeemed, they bought it from her. It was her daughter-in-law. And because she was redeemed, Naomi gets love. You want your family to be blessed. Allow yourself to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You want your story and those in your world to be blessed. Throw yourself in the arms of a faithful redeemer. Here's the thing Jesus didn't inherit you. He chose you. He chose this story. He said, Mine. I want to read one scripture to you and tell you that quote again. If you don't believe this, here's the prophecy of Jesus in Isaiah 43. Now, this is what the Lord says He who created you, O Jacob, Jacob was a pretty big deal. And he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Capital M. King of kings speaking, declaring. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry. Mine.